0: I'm You're listening to the coffee hour I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We're continuing our conversation in the Set Apart to Serve series and this is fun because we have actual student or studio guests. I yes. started to say student guests, but we will talk about students because <laughs> one of the one of the ministries we're talking about is a school today. So we will talk about students a little bit. It is Set Apart to Serve. You can learn more at lcms.org/ SAS joining us in studio Deaconess Raquel Rojas from Redeemer Lutheran Church in Bronx New York thanks so much for joining us today Deaconess
2: Thank you for having me
0: And we also have in studio the Reverend Jonathan Walla he serves at Bethel Lutheran Church and Martin Luther School in Bismarck North Dakota Pastor Walla welcome It's an honor to be here I am excited to learn about you and your paths to serving in church work as well as the ministries that you serve in and how they serve as a part of as pilots in the set apart to serve program So First, let's talk about your path to serving as a deaconess. Deaconess Rojas, tell us a little bit about where you became interested in serving as a deaconess, or maybe where you learned about deaconesses and how you might serve as a deaconess.
2: Sure. Well, my father is a pastor, and my mom's actually a deaconess. So I grew up knowing what each of those roles were. I look a lot like my mom, and I never wanted to dress like her, but... (laughs) <laughs> God saw that and said, nope, you are. So, so growing up, just knowing the, the good side of what church work is and, and understanding the bad and the, the negative and the realism of what church work is, um, Growing, going to college and saying, no, I'm not going to be church workers at all. And it was actually my last semester of college that my brother, who is younger than me, had already in his mind saying, I am gonna be a pastor, he said, Why don't you go check out Concordia Theological Seminary's Deaconess Program? And so I did and it was my encouragement with my of my brother that kinda of got me into that.
1: What happened then after you decided to go to go to the seminary? What was that path for you then before you were commissioned as a deaconess?
2: A lot of schoolwork. I did the two-year in-person training at Fort Wayne. And with that, just a lot of just understanding what, I mean, always knowing, being brought up in the church, knowing what it is to have, you know, the Eucharist, confession, Holy Baptist, but then being able to dig real deep into what that means theologically and just having those connections personally helped. But then it was in my internship year that really kind of formulated what the di- diaconal vocation is mm-hmm. and the ministry of mercy and um, being able just to to serve in that way. My internship was two. One was in a Lutheran, Lutheran Haven in Orvito Florida. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that's pretty much a retirement center and nursing home and cottages of retired church workers. And so I would visit a bunch of retired pastors and they would teach me what it would what be, what, what is it for how to do a visit mm. and their experience. So their mentorship was really one that really formulated that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, Pastor Walla. What about you? What was your journey to church work? Was it something you wanted to do when you were a, when you were a kid, or was it something that came about later?
3: So I I come from a family that none of those in my immediate family were in church work. But when I was in sixth grade, I was it was after confirmation class one evening. And I was really good friends with our pastor's son. He was in my same class. And our teacher, a lay person, told us that we should both be pastors. And I think for Andy, it was kind of just like, yeah, that's probably what I am gonna do. My dad's a pastor. But for me, I didn't really take it seriously, but I remembered the conversation. And I was tracking more towards doing something in forestry, which is my Whoa. dad's line of work. That's cool. And I love being outside, working on trees. And it was when I finally got to the end of high school and the summer after my senior year, and I was tracking an entirely different way. And somebody told me again, you should think about being a pastor. And that time it like I recalled the old conversation from sixth grade and it it just stuck with me a little bit closer. And I I talked with my pastor at the time, and uh, he said, you know, if you would be interested, you could hang around, not go to college this year, and just, you know, stay at home, see what I do, kind of shadow me a little bit, hang around the church. And as soon as he said that, I thought, yep, I think that's what I'm gonna do. And so I was able to save a little bit of money, keep working that year, and also spend every Wednesday over at the church. And so by that next year, I ended up deciding to go to Concordia Seward and uh, went into the pre-sem program there. And I also started dating my pastor's daughter that year, who is now my wife. So <laughs> worked it worked out. out in both ways.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the congregations or ministries, the congregation and school and the community, the people that, that you get to serve today.
3: So I'm at Bethel Lutheran Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. It's a church that was a mission plant 55 years ago there in Bismarck. And it's a wonderful congregation. We have a little over 200 that worship with us every week and an even spread of every age group. And so in addition to that, the mother church in town is the location of an association Lutheran school, Martin Luther School. And so there's five congregations in the Bismarck-Mandan area and they all support and try to encourage their children to go to the school. The, ch- the school is kind of in a rebuilding phase where it had gone up through eighth grade for many years, reduced to fifth grade or up up through fifth grade about five years ago, and now added sixth grade this year. And there's just a ton of excitement to not only rebuild back up to eighth grade, but to, if possible, go through high school. Wow. And during that transition, it, there was a, a change in the the model to a classical model for the school and so there's a lot of excitement about that as well so, deaconess
0: roos tell us about the congregation you serve in the community the people that you get to serve
2: sure redeemer evangelical lutheran church by god's grace is a is a is a church that is allowing us not just to to be there for today and not just a sunday church but it is something that allows us to be in the midst and in people's spaces all all the, all their lives and every day by god's grace is a praying community of service that receives teaches celebrates and shares Christ Jesus and in that in that way they're they're able to really allow their faith to come out and be teachers on their own. 95 years, they have been there and their Redeemer is at the top of the Bronx. So a top of the New York City. And so the the community is ever changing, but multicultural. A lot of, we have probably around 15 different ethnicities that that come. And so to be able to have one thing that connects us all, which is Christ is something that's so, Refreshing to see, so to be able to see that and and be there with them mm-hmm. and serve them in that way is is fun and also potlucks. So oh, of course, <laughs> potlucks are the best,
0: <laughs> especially with that kind of background. I Ooh. bet. They're... Okay. Sorry, Sarah. I have to jump in and steal the question. <laughs> it's favorite... food. It's okay. <laughs> favorite dish. Favorite dish so far at the potlucks. Oh.
2: Why are you going to do that to me <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, mine. <laughs> uh, it's uh, anything curry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. OK,
0: <laughs> carry on.
1: <laughs> so with this Set of Heart to Serve initiative, so much excitement happening about encouraging young people for church work. Why did your churches, your communities, your, your faith communities decide to be part of this pilot program? What was important, Deaconess?
2: Yeah, Redeemer has been one that is silent leaders and being able to to recognize professional church workers and really pray for them, encourage them and set them out. Redeemer has been even able to have host a module for urban ministry and ministry in the urban context. Oh, cool! And so seminarians will come out and Redeemer would just embrace them and feed them and allow them to see what true ministry can be in a, in a way in an in urban context. And so with that, the, the knowing of what a, a professional church worker is, one who's trained, one who's set apart to serve, <laughs> but to be able to do that in a way that is encouraged and supported by the body of christ is 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 cool it's Mm -hmm. cool to be part of it yeah pastor what about
1: you your congregation your community
3: so i received the call there seven years ago and inherited something that bethel lutheran along with one other congregation in town shepherd of the valley that they were already working on and that was they were in a very unique setting of sharing a vicar. So two self-standing congregations, two supervisors over one vicar. You cannot serve two masters, right? Uh. So they had had their first and then the pastor of Bethel had taken a call and so I came in and the very first thing that I did the day after my installation was sign the application for our next vicar. And so for those next four years, I got to be supervisor for vicars and I think it, it really was a a formative thing for the congregations, that the mindset was, this isn't just for the congregations to get cheap help, that the first and foremost thing was that it was for the the greater church, that our main purpose was to raise up church workers and to help form these men to be the very best pastors, to give them as many experiences, to guide them and prepare them as, as we could. And that was something that I think set the tone for our congregation to just be thinking about the seminaries and watching the call services and thinking about sending our own students. And about that time, one of the students from our congregation had gone to the seminary. We now have another one who is planning to go next year and one two years after that. And it kind of just, I think became part of the culture in the congregation. That, and we see the need. We, we recognize you know, in North Dakota, a very rural area, lots of Lutheran churches, probably much more so than out in the the, the coasts, but the, the pastors are few and far between already and many are nearing retirement, so. Mm-hmm. Part of that formation, I mean, if you can weather the winter in North Dakota <laughs> as a pastor, I mean, you, you can, can serve anything. anywhere, right? It's probably true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'll take North Dakota over scorpions and, mm. you know, all those extra things.
1: That's fair. <laughs> we
0: are continuing our Set Apart to Serve conversation here on The Coffee Hour. We'll continue that in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golsef. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: We are continuing the Set Apart to Serve series here on The Coffee Hour. Our guest today, Deaconess Raquel Rojas, serving at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Bronx, New York, and the Reverend Jonathan Walla. He serves at Bethel Lutheran Church and Martin Luther School in Bismarck, North Dakota. Before we went to the break, we got to learn a little bit about the, the congregations, the school, the communities where you serve. Tell us about what this means practically in terms of the Set Apart to Serve initiative and, and your involvement there. What are some of the things that are your next steps as part of the pilot of Set Apart to Serve? What are you looking forward to? What are you planning for?
2: The the Set Apart to Serve is looking at our younger ages mm-hmm. and seeing what they see as church workers and I think that especially in New York they have so much so many options so many opportunities and their talents that God has blessed them with whether it through dance art whatever um, sometimes doesn't always say church work. So is to allow them to see how God has blessed them with those talents and seeing how they can use those talents to serve Christ, whether it is as a church worker, pastor, DCE, deaconess as the like, but how do they do that even as their dreams and their talents are, are formed? I think that after, after we are our time here is to not just identify, but to continue to invest in our young youth and our children and allow them to see what happy church workers are and being mm-hmm. able to demonstrate and mentor them in a way that is able for them to see themselves in it mm-hmm. in whatever capacity that is, so. Mm-hmm. Pastor, what about you?
3: I want to echo a lot of the things that Deaconess Rojas said as far as it not being just for church workers, that obviously that, that is the, the special focus of the Set Apart to Serve initiative, but that already, you know, we, we just began our meetings a few hours ago. So we're, we're really at the, the front end of, of what we even know what we're doing with the program as we are, are meeting for the first time right now. But it, the idea has already come up that we need to be, Raising up faithful members for our congregations, we need strong lay people as well as those to go into church work. So at Bethel, uh, we started trying to raise up organists, Mm. and we were thinking about this. My first call was to Alaska. We had one organist there. He was a superior court judge. He didn't have any time during the week, so he'd come in Sunday morning at four a.m. and he'd practice and get ready for the service, and and so. I talked with him and I said, Paul, we need to raise up some more organists. Would you be willing to train them? And he said, you don't want me to train them. I learned my organ in a bar and all these different <laughs> things. But that was on my mind when I took the call to Bethel, Bismarck. And so I visited with the elders there and I said, we need to be raising up organists. You know, This is something that I'm just seeing in all these churches around the synod that they don't have organists. and so this is not a selfish thing, again, just like the vicarage idea of this is for the wider church. So what can we do? And they said, let's just tell everyone that if they want to start organ, we'll pay for their books, we'll pay for their lessons, we'll do whatever it takes. And the elders put that word out to the congregation and we now have seven organists. Wow. And uh, so four of those are 17 and under. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And so, and and there's a couple more that are in the wings that are just a little bit younger than that so the same mentality is in our minds for doing church work of saying okay we did that for organists let's say the same thing for raising up pastors or deaconesses or teachers to just say and we already have some scholarship money for sending kids to our synodical schools but to really just put that forward and say we want to help you do this um and so to be very intentional in that.
1: Mm-hmm. How are you able to create that culture of being open and, and very supportive of church work? I think that is that is a very important thing for raising up church workers, of, of being able to cultivate that congregational culture of of finding the positives and, and being willing to step forward into that. How, how are you able to kind of manage that shift into this mindset of really being positive about doing all of this work?
3: Well, I think like I said earlier that the vicarage program was a help for us yeah. in mm-hmm. in already guiding the mindset of thinking about the seminaries and having our our eyes on who the new pastors were that mm-hmm. were coming out. I think that jing the youth in the congregation to be part of of all the the spectrums of of service in the congregation. So having the youth help out with altar guild and be assistants to see how does this work and to have them help out with various parts of the service and volunteering around the church. um, To not kind of say you're not part of the church and then later on we hope that you will be, Mm -hmm. but to really treat them that way all the way through. And and then what really should be stated first is that the focus on the Word of God and and implanting, you know, a hunger for it, and maybe there's, you know, how do you how do you do that? But I guess to not to, to not under expect what our what our youth can can digest, mm-hmm. you know, to say let's bring you into the the study with the rest of the congregation. Let's have you be raised up in this multi generational study of God's word, and uh, that's something that we've been finding our youth say we want to be in the the study with all the other adults, so. That's cool. It's amazing how youth rise to the occasion when
1: mm-hmm. we
0: expect that of them. It, it, it really is, it's beautiful too, to to see also how that can challenge adults sometimes. <laughs> the, the youth are answering the
3: questions more than the adults, yeah. Very much so, <laughs> yeah. We did a, a, a recent study through apologetics in our, our Sunday morning Bible study and one of our eighth graders was talking about the things that she's experiencing in public school mm-hmm. and the challenges toward her faith and towards, you know, her belief of six day creation, for example, and, and marriage and sexuality issues. And um, it's amazing to see the, re- the congregation react when she speaks up in our in our Bible class and hear her speak with eloquence and passion about her faith and, and what that means when she's in, you know, in that setting. And if she can, if she has that
0: encouragement and that, in a sense, a, a safer environment in which to, to articulate those things, think of how much stronger she is equipped, how much better she is equipped to do that in an environment that is perhaps more hostile. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Deaconess Rojas how are young people in your congregation have you seen them encouraged or given opportunities to to learn alongside adults or to serve in the congregation
2: Yes of course they they are so willing to and even the little little ones are so excited to even acolyte and and hold the book and, and just do the little things that they're just so excited for. One of the fathers are saying she never gets up for school this early, but for Sunday she's there and she's ready to go. But it's also being able to allow them to be part of like the voters' meetings and see what it means to have a working church in the background and in the forefront, um, to be able to be open to having – a deaconess visit with a whole bunch of youth coming with her and seeing what it is to shadow a pastor, shadow a deaconess, shadow other church workers that we have in our congregation. But not like like we were saying, not to be afraid of stepping on toes or anything like that, but being open to seeing not so much that the children are the future, but they're the present. And they're the ones that are in the midst of things that will never be able to be there in conversations that will never be able to have but they're there and to have the catechesis just ongoing it's not a graduation for a confirmation but to have that throughout their life and allowing them to understand that gives them an open mind to saying, okay, this is what service can be in this room. Mm-hmm.
1: So we're at the very beginning of this pilot program. You guys are here learning all of the, all of the important things about Setup Art to Serve and thinking about how this is going to be implemented in your churches and your districts. What are some of the things you're really looking forward to being able to do with all of this knowledge and, and all of these things and these connections that you're building between all of the different pilot programs as well, Deaconess?
2: Yeah, I, 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 I'm, hoping to learn and see how not just to ignite the the knowledge and the excitement of what it means to be a church worker but then how to hold that and how to allow them to see it's not just okay poor they don't get a lot of time off and all that (laughs) not just all the negative but really seeing what it means to be one who serves the lord with gladness and yeah yeah pastor what about you
3: yeah, I agree. There's often in our world a lot of focus on, you know, career and money, and you know when you're thinking about what are you going to do in life, and so to shift the mindset and just to to talk about, you know, what are the gifts that God has given to you, um, how can those be used first and foremost for your family, and thinking about you know finding a godly spouse and raising your children. And being devoted to God's word, and then extending that into and and where does that lead you in life? And that, that that may not be the highest paying job. That may not be you know the the glitz and the glamour. Although there is a lot as as church workers. <laughs> no, but it is it is a, truly a noble task to to preach God's word and to minister to others. And that is something that. I'm excited to be part of here to to talk about how we can share that, and to they're going to kind of reveal to us this afternoon a lot of the the background work that has been done and hand it to us to take it back. So, in a sense, we don't quite know yet fully what we're taking back. We just know we're taking something back. Uh, so.
0: Lots to learn, but it yes. sounds like there there's quite an investment already. You and your congregation, your school, your congregation, ready to continue investing in in young people and others of all ages, really, to consider church work vocation. So, thanks so much for being our guests on the Coffee Hour today, the Reverend Jonathan Walla at Bethel Lutheran Church and Martin Luther School of Bismarck, North Dakota. Thanks so much, Pastor Walla. Thank you. And Deaconess Raquel Rojas of Redeemer Lutheran Church in Bronx, New York. Thanks so much, Deaconess.
1: Thanks.
0: You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. You can learn more about set apart to. Serve at LCMS.org/sas, I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.